0: Um that's how you get that womp 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 kind of a sound.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 30 of Rhythm Encounter the RPG Fan Music Podcast. I say 30 like it's a milestone, because it kind of is. 30 episodes strong. Not always super fast with with Rhythm Encounter, but we're getting there. And I am proud to be doing episode 30 with some of my favorite peeps from the site. We have our music guru, Marcos Gaspar.
0: Howdy there, Wild
1: Armor on the boards. Good to see y'all. And Pikachu, I choose you, Peter Treisenberg. Uh,
2: uh... I apparently am a Pokemon now. Um, Peter Triesenberg, I have Fury on the boards.
1: <laughs> I, I, I couldn't help it. We have two Pokemon picks on this episode, so I was like, God, God. And it, it works so well, too, with your name, I feel.
2: It, do, it does, I, I, I can see that.
1: You could be the next starter Pokemon. Maybe. Anyway... The theme for this episode is villain and evil empire themes, uh, which I've been kind of excited to do ever since we did our character themes episode way back when. Um, I really like talking about character themes. I feel like they're, they are they a very good uh, example of how music can tell you something about a game you're playing or a movie you're watching without having necessarily to... To watch it, to play it, there's 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 information provided in the music itself that can represent the character, can tell you things about them, maybe even things you don't quite expect uh, to know about them. And especially with villain themes, we all expect to hear sort of the the super dramatic, creepy, uh, scary, crazy sounding bad guy themes. But maybe not all bad guy themes are like that, as we will see on this episode so let's start our first block off marcos you have our first pick
0: that's absolutely right and for my choice we're gonna be listening to
1: mullen's theme
0: from the game grandia
1: and then peter you're next
2: uh so my first track is a battle versus team magma or team aqua leader uh from pokemon omega ruby and alpha sapphire
1: that is quite a mouthful. I'm proud of you. It's
2: it's it's a it's a long title. <laughs> <laughs> They're getting progressively more and more complicated.
1: Right. It's... well, mine's not as complicated, I guess. Anyway, my pick is, and my name's Booster from Super Mario RPG. Booster. Oh. Booster. Yeah. Nice choice. Or depending on, I guess, the the localization of your of the soundtrack. Um, I think it was Buki in Japanese so like my my copy it's and my name's bookie even though he's booster in the, the american version so your mileage may vary so let's take a listen to mullen's theme from grandia battle versus team magma team aquilator from pokemon omega ruby and alpha sapphire and and my name's booster from super mario rpg (laughs) ¶¶
0: Hey, welcome back. Yeah, you enjoyed that listening, huh? You want to know why? Because it's some good listening. Now, my theme that I chose over here, Mullen's theme from Grandia, absolutely wonderful stuff. But I'm not going to say anything just yet. I'm going to leave the first honors to both Peter and Caitlin over here. How about you guys tell us what you thought about it?
2: Um, I, I'm just, I think it's interesting. It does not sound like a villain theme to me. It...
1: Yeah, that's what my thoughts exactly it doesn't sound. It sounds nice and almost, um, almost regal a little bit with how it kind of picks up with the, you know, when the the brass kind of comes into it. You
2: no, know, I'm I'm curious then, uh, Mar- Marcos, because uh, I haven't played the grandia at all, so I have absolutely no familiarity with this music. Uh, so so, how 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 does this kind of fit in with the tone the 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 tone of the the rest of the music and the, the, this character, like what's going on? What do I make of this?
1: Yeah, who is Mullen?
0: Well, Mullen is the son of um, what was his name? I believe Bal, or the leader of a force, or I don't want to call him an empire, but I guess a, a like, we'll call him the quote unquote empire of this game, uh, the garlisle Force, and. If, but if you listen to the music you're gonna find that yeah, this doesn't sound very devious or very evil and that's because it's He's the kind of guy that uh He want he's he's working for like the better what he believes is the betterment of mankind or Whatever his father t- says so he's doing it with like a pure heart Maybe a little selfishness too and the music actually reflects that really well you hear it, it's like very calm and collected and eventually gets grander as it goes by and I mean you're right it does sound regal because like the manner in which he um, goes about doing things is very regal I, I would consider him royalty and like the music itself is absolutely beautiful um, but did you guys have any thoughts on the music itself or more of uh, maybe I have a question about like about the character
1: well I thought it was just uh, I wasn't expecting to hear you know, a full orchestra for, uh, especially for, I mean, like, you know, for Grandia, because uh, not having played Grandia, but having played Grandia 2, that game is a lot more in the way of, you know, fun, catchy It, it synths and such and whatnot. It's obvious, you know, it's uh, artificial music for a lot of it, and I don't know, I was like, like this is the game before Grandia 2, but it's got live instruments. What, what sorcery is this? So that was really neat.
2: That is really impressive, especially for a game that originated on the Saturn, if I'm not mistaken. Like, y- Yep. that that's, that's, some ser- that's some seriously high production value. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, a good thing about
0: this as well, and if you never played Grandia, um, you're probably not going to be aware of what's happening in the music or some of the tracks he uh, has on the soundtrack. Um that he uses some of these tracks and breaks them up into uh, pieces or segments and plays them at certain parts of the game. Like the full Mullen track you heard right now, for the good chunk of it, you hear is um, a theme for, Mo- for Mullen. But once it hits 236 around that time mark, that's used when you actually battle against him. And that's where it gets a little bit more uh, uh, grand in the music, a little bit more uh, exhilarating. And I think that's, that's a really nice way of uh, making use of the music, you know, separating it without making it sound too uh, you know disconnected. like it's difficult unless you actually play the game to understand what I'm talking about. But I thought that was just really cool and you know, the music's beautiful. I thought I, I it's funny that this guy is associated with like uh, these evil I don't want to say evil people, just I guess misguided people. And this terrible terrible daddy. <laughs>
1: You're saying he has daddy issues, then.
0: Yeah, that guy's a bad leader. But you want to talk about some cool leaders, though? Let's talk about Peter's track over here. We got Battle versus Team Magma and Team Aqua's leader here. Peter, talk about that.
2: <laughs> well, um, yeah, the Battle versus Team Magma or Team Aqua. Which team of genocidal maniacs would you rather hang out with? Um.
1: <laughs> I think Team Aqua looks cooler, at least from the, the artwork, anyway.
2: Team Aqua being very pirate-themed helps a a great deal in this regard. Um, So, I really wanted to pick a Pokemon track for this, because uh, every Pokemon game, they're able to get... um, Each of the the villainous teams in the Pokemon games kind of have their own... um, After Team Rocket, they kind of started getting their own motifs and themes and goals. Uh, And Team Magma and Team Aqua, they're interesting, because depending on which version of the game you're playing you have one or the other as a villain. In Ruby, it's Magma. They want to uh, increase the amount of land in the world. Um, and... Or Team Aqua. They want to flood the planet, essentially. They're both they're crazy environmentalists.
0: <laughs> it just sounds so bad it's like, you want to kill all of humanity for what reason.
2: Yeah, they're not exactly the most well-thought-out plans as far as Pokemon villains go. And... Uh... But, um, the, the eventually they, I think by, by, by the time we got to gen six, uh, they were pretty just straight up like, yeah, we want to commit genocide for reasons, <laughs> but, um, but what I like about this rendition of the track in particular, um, is that, so in Omega Ruby and in Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire are the 3DS remakes of Ruby and Sapphire. Um, and to reflect the fact that they're remakes of Game Boy Advance games, uh, they kind of gave Team Magma and Team Aqua a little bit more personality, um, especially the leaders themselves. Uh, Max, he's the leader of Team Magma. He's kind of a super analytical dude. They made they made him to reflect that for his personality, whereas Archie, the leader of Team Aqua, is a lot more boisterous. They have both have the same battle theme, but to re- I think in how their personalities have been fleshed out, the music's also kind of received a boost, how you have that drum beat going into it, and then it kind of, like, kicks off with a big guitar riff before the main battle starts. And it's super catchy, but also kind of intimidating. Uh, yeah, that's what I really like about it. I was wondering what you guys thought.
1: I um, I really like the, the piano at the beginning, how it, it, it leads in. And then it's it does this really, at least I think it's still the piano. It's doing this interesting thing in the background. It's It's a little hard to describe, almost like it's rolling up and down notes repeatedly. It almost kind of gives it a bit of a sci fi feel to it a little bit. And then there's the 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 jazz or the sort of big band kind of feel on top with the the trumpet sense that is kind of fun. Mm.
0: Yeah, for me, like uh, um, what actually made me really interested in this track, because I've never played um, like Ruby or Sapphire, the original or the remake. Um, remix, but, um, that percussion that's being played, like, that, that drum stuff, are those taiko drums?
2: I, I have no idea, man, for, as far as instrumentation goes, I'm not.
0: Well, I only ask because if, if that is, like, a, like, higher-pitched taiko drums, then that would match, uh, Pokemon, like, Ruby, Sapphire, like, amazingly, because, lest I, like, was misformed, wasn't like Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire supposed to be modeled after the area of like Japan?
2: Uh, yeah, I believe so. Um, I think I, I would have to look this up, but um, the region of uh, of Hoenn in Ruby and Sapphire is really aquatic, so it's kind of meant to be like um. Even before we got the Hawaii region with Alola, it's, it's actually supposed to it's supposed to be like a series of islands almost. Um, seven point eight out of ten. Too much water. <laughs> <laughs> but but um so yeah i believe it's based it's, i don't remember exactly what though
0: well i mean if, if it is true that it's supposed to be Malda after uh japan i mean that's really cool that they put taiko drums in there because that's what it sounds like to me in being a japanese instrument i think it's a japanese instrument uh i think that's really great that they just jammed that into there and putting that rocking uh music in there and i'll and also getting that little bit of like a, I don't want to say like a, maybe Middle Eastern sound. It's like, um, you, you know what I'm talking about, that theme that pops up. That just sounds a little Middle Eastern to me. Or like, that's the uh, kind of vibe I get.
2: It's, it, that's interesting. And, and, um, oh, the re- Gen 3, um, and, uh, the remakes, by extension, have a pretty consistent soundscape for the most part. There's a lot of that, um, there's a lot of trumpet, of synthesized trumpet, <laughs> going on in most of the soundtrack. Um, there's not as much of that going on here, but you still kind of get that like, kind of super dramatic, uh, that's sound that's, that suits the the battles going on.
3: Mm, mm, that's cool.
2: But enough about uh, genocide via land or sea. Um, but we gotta talk about uh, Mar- a Mario character with fabulous facial hair,
1: right? He's well, he does have a face full of hair, literally. <laughs> Got Tell the best beard. Boost. Like, I think Mario might actually be a little bit jealous of his facial hair. You know, it's like all oh, all I can do is this 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 fluffy mustache, but look at that that gorgeous beard. Uh, so, Booster is an interesting character in Super Mario RPG. He's not the, you know, he's not the big bad of the game, um, but he's he's an opponent for a chunk of it. And he's just really a kooky character. Like, he has this tower full of, uh, he calls them snippets. Yep. L- wearing robes and whatnot that he likes to play with, and he likes to eat a lot. You, 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 you he down the road you basically have to trick him into eating a giant evil wedding cake in order to to beat the boss that is a giant evil wedding cake <laughs> and he's just he's a lot of fun and that he's wacky and wild and kind of out there and it's a, it's a nice character to have to play off against in any game but especially in a Mario game and a Mario game that is an RPG which was an interesting sort of Uh, team up between Nintendo and and Square back in the day. Um, I remember that uh, when the track starts off, when you get there in the game, when you get to his tower, first it's like this very uh, fancy kind of hoity-toity elevator, almost like music that plays. It's very, blah, blah, blah. And then you meet him. He shows up and he's like, sorry, I have to go entertain this girl that fell out of the sky. Enjoy yourself. And he drives away on his little train and the music immediately changes and you're like, oh, okay. I see what's going on here. And it's it's fun. It's the sort of... It's a little crass sounding, I think. It's supposed to sound a little kind of, you know, crass sounding because it fits his character. It's got kind of a rock and roll feel to it. And it's a really fun piece with a good beat. Um, The the trumpet synth is obviously a little, you know, it's showing its age at this point, but it's still a really fun kind of blat sound that it that it shoots out right at the beginning, which is like one of my favorite parts of the track. So I, I had a lot of different picks when I was trying to make my shortlist for this. And I, I kind of, I jumped back and forth between using Booster uh, because he's fun. But then I was like, uh, I might want to pick something else, someone who's maybe a real bad guy. But ultimately I wanted to, to pick Booster because it's kind of a different villain He's not like the, the, you know, the super crazy, I want to destroy the world, evil bad guy. He's just a weird guy who likes to have fun and eat cake and, you know, try to marry weird girls who fall into his lap from the sky. So, you know, why not? Why not showcase a different kind of bad guy theme?
2: He's betting for a Mario game, to be sure.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> what um... did you guys think about it?
2: I think you summed it up you summed it up better than i could but um my thought listening to it was like is that it's kind of super jazzy um which is a it's a sound that's a sound that uh mario the mario games have returned to time and time again and um it, i thought it was interesting kind of hearing it um um from a 16 from a 16-bit rpg title it's not some it's not a I'm I'm, try, I'm trying to form trying to formulate thoughts here, and there. it's not working. But um, the, the 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 best the best I can give is like so like the is if you listen to the later Mario RPG soundtracks, they tend to be a little more, almost I feel traditional. Um, in terms of their music, in terms of their musical output, and this track right, and this instead of this track is just kind of goofy and zany, and and it, it and and like like you said, it fits this character super well.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree, um, and yeah, that synthetic uh, trumpet at the beginning—I'm um, pretty sure what they were emulating was a muted trumpet. Um, you just put it—that's how you get that kind of a uh, sound, or like even the uh, the peanuts. Uh, teachers go womp 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 womp. Um, but yeah, when I heard that, I was like, "Ooh, that sounds farty or crude." I was like, "This is perfect for that,
2: him." I—I I wasn't gonna say it, but yeah, it does sound like a fart, doesn't it? Farty, yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, perfectly uh, good explanation, and um, I like the. Uh, I think another thing that I like about it, other than it just being super lively and super, uh, I don't know, let's say hip, but uh, what's the word?
2: Hip uh, with the youngins.
0: Yeah, <laughs> he would be a hip uh, guy. No, but just really cool. Uh, I like the clapping that's in it as well. You might not like hear it right off the bat, but there's like clapping in the background every now and then. It, it'll go like off beat, and then you'll hear. A, <laughs> and then you'll hear get to one part where it's like clap, clap, clap But I really wish they put a little bit more clapping into it. Uh, because I I think this would have been like a even more lively a livelier piece. I do i I'm a little ashamed that it's a, not ashamed, rather disappointed that it's not thematically uh, longer or it's not very developed. But seeing that's a Super Nintendo um, track, uh, I shouldn't scrutinize it with that like limitation
1: because it's still a great track
0: and I really <laughs> like it.
1: Well, that's what we do here. We try to we try to pick tracks that people like. So, success. Success so far. We should have accomplished. Block 1 of 3. Let's let's see what what kind of mischief we can get into with our next block in which Peter, you have our first pick and it's actually it's a double pick.
2: It is a it is a double pick and this was kind of an interesting behind the scenes story. Um the the two tracks are Caius's theme and Promise to the Future, both from Final Fantasy XIII-2, because I really wanted to do Promise to the Future. I've I've honestly wanted to find an excuse to play this this track on a podcast for a while now. And Caitlin rightfully pointed out that it's not really a villain theme; it's a cutscene song. To, and it's, but it does have my favorite little mo- version of Caius's theme playing in there. So we're we compromised, and by compromise I mean we're doing both.
1: Yeah, I was uh, yeah. Why not? I mean, we. Poor I fandom. love Caius's theme, and I love Caius. We both want to talk about Caius, and this way we get more Caius, and and who, what, more who doesn't?
2: Sweet Liam O'Brien, right? <laughs> No, I'm,
1: I, I am literally going to talk about that after the break. I, I, or Hi. when we come back from listening, you're going to hear me talking about the sultry tones of Liam O'Brien. So um, without further ado, then my pick for Plot 2 is Hunt or Be Hunted from Witcher 3. This is sort of the unofficial battle theme of the Wild Hunt, which are the, the primary antagonists throughout the game. And then Marcos, you have the, the third pick.
0: Yep, and I chose Getsis Battle Theme for Pokemon Black and White 2.
1: All right, so we'll take a listen to Caius's theme and Promise to the Future from Final Fantasy XIII-2, Hunt or Be Hunted from Witcher 3, and Getsis Battle Theme from Pokemon Black and White 2.
2: Caius deserved a better game. This is hashtag. This is, <laughs> hashtag Caius matters. I don't know, but he's. But seriously though, like all kidding aside, Caius K- is one of my favorite Final Fantasy villains. Um, and he's in, he's relegated to the thirteen spinoffs, and that's kind of a shame because he has he has a cool set of powers. He can transform into Bahamut. That that alone kind of makes him an awesome villain. Um, he has a great voice actor, Liam O'Brien, is putting in work as this guy, and um, his backstory, his character is really interesting and kind of tragic. Um, he's he's essentially, for those of you who have who know, who don't know, and for um, Caius's thing is that um, he's sworn to protect this girl who he's in love with. And she is cursed to die and be reborn endlessly. And so when Caius' mission, his thing is that he's trying to destroy time, essentially. And the reason he's trying to do it is so so this girl doesn't have to suffer anymore. And he doesn't have to suffer for watching her, her die over and over again. There's a point in the game where he even kind of like... He's holding her in his arms and is just kind of like, how much longer must I endure this? And that kind of, and I think that's, I think that the nature of his story in both his own theme music and in Promise to the Future, which is a lead into the final battle where they try to reason with him by saying like, you know, she wouldn't want you to do this. Um, I think that the, the richness of his character is reflected in um, how poignant his music sounds.
1: Yeah, that's um, that is pretty much almost everything I was going to say. I feel like Sorry, he's feel one of the. Oh no! Well, hey, that happens often enough in reverse, so it's it's all a fair game. Um, I feel like he's one of the most sympathetic bad guys we've ever had in a Final Fantasy game, because even though it sounds batshit crazy what he's trying to do. I'm going to destroy time just so that this girl doesn't have to be reborn over and over, or die and be reborn over and over again. But it's a lot more kind of understandable uh, in a way than just like, hey, crazy guy found out his mother was an alien and wants to destroy the world. Or this crazy lady, she wants to compress time and destroy the world. Or this weird monster thing comes around all the time, wants to destroy the world. You know, all of those. It totally wasn't
2: a hasty rewrite. No, right?
1: (laughs) I mean, you can can feel it. And again, props to Liam O'Brien for not only giving us that, you know, the great deep-sounding voice that fits his role as a bad guy, but is also full of a lot of soul and emotion. And you can hear... Uh, how much pain he's had to endure by watching uh, this girl die over and over again, and how, especially in that that final cut scene that Promise the Future plays during, how utterly tired he is of having to do that over and over again.
2: He's basically begging for death.
1: Yeah. Like... So it's just, it's, yeah. This He was one of the first people I thought of when we started planning this this, uh, this episode, episode's like Caius. We gotta, even if I don't pick him, someone's gotta pick Caius, we gotta talk about Caius because he's one of those really, really good, I think, uh, fi- bad, you know, final villain types. Um, and the song, his theme is, I mean, you expect to hear a chorus at some point for either the villain's theme or a final battle theme. It's kind of what we, we expect to hear, but it's such a beautiful track all around. Um, that has this, you know, strong, clear melody, which is good because it gets used in a, a bunch of different places, like "Promise of the Future." And there are parts of it that are uh, almost kind of sad and and sweet, not like you know, booming bad guy theme, but more sort of uh, it fits his the, the, his nature as sort of a a flawed but sympathetic villain. So it's just a really good. Really good villain, really good piece of music, um, and Promise of the Future is, uh, on its own, I don't know, it's something I listen to by itself, but when you watch it in the game and you, you have the context of that sort of final fight between him and Noel and them, Caius and Noel throwing out their 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 views of the situation with, with regards to Yule and their, how they're fundamentally opposed to... Whether or not they should allow time to keep on progressing as it has been, it's a really good uh, emotional piece of music. So, I
2: mean, when you when you start to get into the whole like thirteen mythos and all that stuff, then that cutscene becomes a little flimsy. But I like how it's structured. I like how it's rooted in the characters and their actual like emotions and feelings, which is. Um, it's rare that the Thirteen series ever got a legitimate emotional high going, and that was one yeah. of those few moments. And um, I also like I also like the way the song is structured. I like how it kind of has a beginning, middle, and end. That's, mm-hmm. With with since it's cutscene music, um, I think is 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 a a nice benefit to that. Yeah, um, and
1: uh, I, I like the rendition of Yule's theme at the start of Promise to the Future. It's kind of it's kind of a little trippy. It's kind of a warped version of her theme, but that's it's perfectly well fitting for yeah what's to, going on in the scene.
2: It's good to underscore too. Like this is what they're fighting for.
1: Yeah. Marcos, what did you think? Um,
2: do you well, have any left?
1: Well, <laughs> 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 I'm sorry, Marcos. <laughs> no, not
0: at all. I mean, I'd rather hear your thoughts on this because um, I'm not familiar with the series. Um. And my only question is, in as for Caius, um, is he not not so much immortal, but does he like how long has he been alive for?
2: Uh, I think that millennia. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. for a really long time.
0: Okay. Because some reason I get like that, you know, in the game Lost Odyssey, where those characters are like immortal. Have you played Lost Odyssey?
2: I really want to. I've, n- I've never owned it 360. sixty.
0: Both of you play it because. It- like, when you get to, like, those little short stories that, like, uh, play at certain points, uh, it, it, that's kind of, like, the vibe I'm getting. Like, it's just something just, like, witnessing or living through something over and over again. Um, like, can be maddening. Uh, both, like, just emotionally and also mentally, like, destructive. So there probably was some point where he just, like, Kais probably just lost it. Um, and decided, well, I gotta do something about this. And when I initially heard Kais', Kai's theme... Um, the ver- first thing, I, uh, first thing I saw it was, this does not sound like an evil villain. It sounds mm-hmm. like this is a villain that's trying to ch- change something. That's th- like, uh, like torturing them. I got this very dramatic, uh, and uh, tragic so- uh, feeling for him, especially around uh, 135, where you get that like beautiful uh, brass and string theme, um, right in center, where it's like. And it just plays beautifully. I was like, wow, this does not sound like an evil, evil villain. It sounds like he's plagued with uh, a curse of some sort. And I'm glad you explained that because that's literally what I was figuring. That someone was reliving, like, a just some type of torture of some sort.
2: Yeah, you, def- you definitely get to see a lot of his, of that throughout the game. So, yeah, that's that's great, Marcos. Thank you. Um, no, well, thank One last you. thing i one last thing, on Caius I wanted to ask though: uh, uh, Have you played Landing Returns*, Caitlin?
1: Uh, no. I really okay, don't. So... I don't want to play that game, to be honest. <laughs> I
2: don't... Well, I mean, okay, that's that's a that's a whole other can of worms. I enjoyed the game, but the way they resolve this plot is like the most half-assed thing in the world. <laughs> it's yeah. So, I say Caius is a great villain in 13 2. Can't say so much for the third game. But nothing really made it out of that game story-wise intact so alas alas we should um, hunt for things that do not exist but
1: lest only... we become the hunted ourselves
2: I I, I I was going somewhere with that but that works as well
1: <laughs> i think so yeah uh okay so hunt or be hunted from which three um First, as an aside, this is gonna be a really hard track to find. It's not on, to my knowledge, either the original soundtrack or the later on they did an expanded version. Um, I believe it's only available as one of four tracks that you would get digitally if you pre-ordered the game through, I think it was GOG. So it's hard to find, and that really sucks because it's a great piece of music, uh, along with another piece on those four tracks, "Lays of the Wood," that is amazing. For anyone who has played uh, through that chunk of the game, I can't imagine why they didn't include it for everyone. Anyway, um, I get frustrated when that happens, when you have good pieces of music that aren't available easily for everyone. But it's well worth the effort to try and track down those tracks and hunt or be hunted in particular. This is a really uh, energetic, fun, or fun, well, fun fun for me, (laughs) <laughs> cool, epic-sounding battle theme. Uh, it's not technically identified as like the the battle theme of the Wild Hunt, who are the the, the very big uh, bad enemies in uh, Witcher Three, but it pretty much, um, with like one exception, plays during most of your major conflicts with them. If you're if you're fighting the Wild Hunt uh, or dealing with them, or if they show up, you might hear. This piece of music, and so for me, it kind of became more so than other themes that are identified as the themes of the Wild Hunt or the theme of the leader of the Wild Hunt. Um, this track is kind of the the track that I think of when I think of the Wild Hunt, uh, and it's such a I love so everything about this track. the um, the opening melody with uh, it's a fiddle or it's some sort of string-like instrument that's just going back and forth is really cool. Uh, it's interesting to me that throughout most of this song the melody itself is just kind of repeating itself. It's the bass that's shifting to create the the different feel of the song and kind of going in different places which is kind of neat. Um, this We have this really prominent percussion and drums that are just kind of going crazy throughout the entire thing. It gives it a lot of its energy and movement. And then the vocals at the end, um, I mentioned this when I we featured a piece from Witcher 3 before, I think during our Trilogy of Battle-themed episodes, and I talked about the vocals there and how they're really cool and they're, they're different sounding. These are not like Latin chorus vocals. These are sort of more um, uh, ethnic folk kind of feel to it. Um, they don't sound like anything you might... Have heard if you've listened if you unless you're listening to like European uh, folk music and whatnot, but it's a really cool kind of way to ground that music and 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 make it feel authentic for for the game and the world. Um, so it's just I I love this track. This is um, probably my favorite battle track in the entire game, and for an enemy force like the Wild Hunt, which are, I mean, the entire game, you're, you're basically being told over and over again, the Wild Hunt are, you can't beat them. They're they're incredibly strong and have super powerful magic and there's no way you can beat them, but you're gonna have to go up against them anyway. So for a formidable force like that to have a kick-ass battle theme is uh, aces in my book.
2: The, the Wild Hunt are the dudes in like the skull armor, right? Like I've seen trailers and stuff
1: yeah yeah they are skull armor they come with uh with the frost like basically in the game if there's ever a a natural frost that just grips the land you better get the heck out of there because the wild hunt is coming
2: is is that have anything to do i'm pretty sure isn't that like a piece of a folk of old folklore because i know the witcher that series kind of cribs a lot from like old fairy tales and stuff
1: Uh, i'm not sure myself i have never i've never read the books, I've only played the game, so I'm only aware of their mythos within the game world, okay. but I, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, the, the story behind Witcher is that um, the reason why there are magic and monsters in the world is because of what they call the conjunction of spheres, where the real world crossed paths for a time with a land of dark, evil magic, and that sort of spilled over into the world. Uh, the, as we know it and that's why there are things like vampires and werewolves and evil magic and that's why we need witchers uh, to go out and to, to deal with these supernatural beings so it wouldn't surprise me if uh, they use that as an excuse, as an excuse as an opportunity to to work some folklore into it um, the, the game itself and the world kind of lend itself to that environment to begin with so
2: right i, I was just curious but um in, in regards to the track itself, um, yeah, the beginning especially reminded me a lot of, uh, uh, I don't remember his name, but the, the guy who composes Game of Thrones, and um, he's done a lot of other movie scores. It reminded me a lot of his style of music mm-hmm. with that heavy string influence. And then the vocals kicked in, and I swear to God, like, that my hair stood on end. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, this is good. Um, and yeah, that's that. That it's a fantastic it's a fantastic battle theme. Um, it, now that especially now that I know that it's a battle theme and it's associated with this kind of like primordial force, like, and that title even the creature's called the wild hunt. The track's called "Hunted Hunter Be Hunted." It's that 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 resonates really strongly and with me. And um, yeah, that that's I haven't played The Witcher Three. In case it wasn't obvious by all my questions, I uh, just. Time and Western RPGs, and I don't get along, and all the random excuses I give myself. But this is, it's, it's some great, what I've heard of the soundtrack is fantastic. And this, yeah, this is a great piece.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of good music in this game and in the, the, uh, the DLC expansions, which I haven't gotten to yet, but I want to, I just, I had to steal myself because I totally get, yeah, this game is massive. I started playing this day one in 2015 and I took several large breaks, but it took me until this past November to beat the main game, so.
2: Too many games, too many games.
1: (laughs) Too many games and and this is just a, it's a massive uh, game to play through. And then the DLC probably is gonna add another 30 to 40 hours at least, and knowing me, closer to 60 so so yeah there's a lot but whenever you if you're ever in the mood for that sort of you know big experience definitely uh, check it out or if it's ever on sale uh, de- definitely check it out yep. Marcos what think you
0: I mean you both of you did a great job Manelia on the head like and just to echo what Pierce said when you hear that like screaming in the background at 117 it and then all of a sudden at 124 it's now the in the foreground. That gave me a bit of chills. I like that little uh, chorus right there. I was like, oh, that's that's great. Love it. This is a great track. I want to hear it, experience it, live it.
1: Well, I'm glad I got to got you to experience it then. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so talking about experiencing music. Uh, Getsus is this is an interesting battle theme that you picked.
2: <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, Dennis the Menace.
1: <laughs> I was
0: thinking about like starting up with saying Dennis, Dennis, but yeah, this when I had to decide like what Pokemon theme I was gonna choose from uh, Black and White two, I thought I was really leaning on Res, and then I thought no, Getsus has a better battle theme. And the reason why I chose this one uh, is because, like the character himself in this game, it sounds more maddening. Like, it's a little bit chaotic, and at this point, Gatsas has clearly, like, lost all sense of his, uh, like, mental ability, like, all that stuff. Um, I mean, just look at the way he dresses. He, he looks like a hobo that just jumped out of the trash can
1: right <laughs>
0: yes yeah, because clothes all black it doesn't even look like a nice black like a cool black it looks like it's all torn up kind of like a sigma after a uh, megaman x6 his clothes his capes all ripped up he's like breathing heavily that's kind of the impression i got from him i was like really pokemon or nintendo you really want to go with that for like a villain in this game <laughs> uh but for the music uh, itself i'm gonna let you two uh tell me a bit about it because i got plenty to say about this track uh peter how about you
2: I haven't played Black or White 2. Um, I've only played, like, half of Black, actually. Gen 5 is something I really want to go back to. But um, I compared this track to his battle theme from Black and White 1, and um, in that one, when he was totally in control, and he was the mysterious mastermind of Team Plasma and all this stuff, and, and then compared to this, and he's, like, almost unhinged. Um, like, you can, this is the theme of someone who has lost he's lost everything his and and but he's still like a super self-important figure which is why the battle team is just constantly chanting his name and i think it's kind of amusing just in terms of like just listening to it like we we're making the dent the dentist joke but um at the same time i think i think it's it's actually really fitting almost for the this character at this stage in the game because if, if you're playing black and white too presumably after playing black and white one you know you know who gets this is you 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 understand why he's significant and the song kind of hypes him up for you
1: what i think is really interesting about this piece is it's so percussion heavy um it actually kind of reminds me of some of the battle music from legend of the gaia which was also very percussion heavy kind of to do music more through percussion than an actual melody and there's a melody in there but it's 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 kind of discordant and a little off-putting which is you know good for a a villain's name it should probably make you feel a little bleh um so that was i mean that was my big takeaway from that track actually (laughs) it's percussion no that's percussion and
2: chorus yep that is the theme of this block
0: yep that is uh actually very good uh very good uh observation there um the the first gets this uh, battle theme for the pokemon black and white one uh the beginning starts off with i think i want to say 50 seconds to a minute of just uh percussion or just timpani it just plays that and it gets more and more uh chaotic and then eventually gets to uh the gets this theme i guess you would call it while right over here it just starts with the chorus going screaming his name and having that percussion, all that other good stuff happening at once. And this one, I really liked a lot. And the reason why I chose it is like in the background. Well, I can't really say background because it's overpowering the track is the heartbeat in uh, the percussion goes, happening the whole time. And like, especially around 102 where it fades out and then it comes back at 107. Even a little, I feel like a little bit louder. So like, uh oh, it's not, it's not gone yet. It's still there. Uh, and I just get a sense of madness uh, from this track, and I thought this is a good evil theme. This is a bad guy's theme.
2: It also, it also just not to to change things up, well, but it um it contrasts him really well with Colrass, who's the new villain in Black and White too.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. In his theme or his battle theme, um. It's. it's I guess a. I want to say it's a lot more um. What's the best way to put it? It's a lot more involved. There's a lot happening in it uh, because it makes more use of the uh, stereo on your headset or your speakers, and there's just things going all over the place. It's very calculated, very sporadic, and I guess it gives your ears a little bit of to li- a little bit of listening, or you know, a little bit more to listen for.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: It's always nice to have that kind of. Um... Uh, Fullness, I guess you could say, uh, in the the orchestration of the inspiration of a track, giving you more things to listen to, more things to discover. Um, Because I actually, I know, I didn't pick up on the fact that they were chanting his name at first. I I heard synth chorus, but I I wasn't listening super closely to it. Then the second time I listened, I was like, wait a second, that kind of sounds like, are they, oh, they are, okay.
0: (laughs) Like I said, when I first heard it, I thought they were saying Dennis.
1: (laughs) Dennis,
0: Dennis.
2: There's only so much you can do with the DS's sound sound (laughs) hardware. Yeah. I'm
1: actually, I'm quite impressed that they got it to sound like after a couple listens. It it does sound. I mean, like, that's kind of, because a lot of times, you know, chorus is just singing. You can't even hear what they're singing. It's just, ah, 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 you know. So, um, but there's no chorus in, well there's chorus in the next block but not in our first pick, which is mine uh, I picked, and I'm going to surprise everyone here with this totally unexpected for me, of all people, to pick something from Final Fantasy XII I picked Theme of the Empire you knew it was coming <laughs> but I had to pick it and I will explain why I had to pick it. I tried not to, but I had to, and I'll, I'll go into greater detail about that. And then Marcos, you had the next pick in the block.
0: Yep, I chose March from Tales of Legendia because we need more Tales of Legendia on Rhythm Encounter.
1: Yeah, we need more Goshina. And then Peter, you get the last pick.
2: I get I get the track with the weird Latin name. Um, <laughs> my, my, my final track is Le Eminenza Oscura One. There is a two um, from the Kingdom Hearts three D Dream Drop Distance soundtrack.
1: Let's listen then to Theme of the Empire from Final Fantasy twelve, March from Tales of Legendia, and La Eminenza Oscura one from Kingdom Hearts three D Dream Drop Distance.
3: But you think it's a little bit of joy. You think of
1: So I I tried really hard not to pick this one. I kept telling myself, Caitlin, you pick a lot of stuff from Final Fantasy XII. Everyone knows you love XII. Pick something else. And I really wanted to listen to that little voice in my head. But the more I thought about this track and how it's used in the game, I was like, I, I have to talk about this because it's brilliant. It is really brilliant. I've mentioned before that Sakimoto is a thematic composer, and Final Fantasy XII soundtrack in particular is very thematic in nature. Um, it, a lot of the music in the game is a variation of you know, either the the game's theme, or the theme of the Empire, or theme of the Resistance, and it gets reused and revisited throughout the game. But the theme of the Empire in particular, just this one track, is kind of a, a microcosm example of that. Um, which I think is amazing, even though it's not my favorite piece of music, it's not my favorite theme in the game, um, but it's just such a, a good use of music. So you've got essentially two variations on the theme here. The the first part that plays in like the first minute and a half of the of the track, or the loop rather, is very brass heavy. It sounds kind of like a march. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if Sakimoto was kind of channeling a little bit of the Imperial March from Star Wars here, which would make total sense because the game itself is kind of uh, borrowing a lot from Star Wars. But this is the this is more of like the the actual villainous part of the theme. this is this is the music that sort of represents the the real bad guys in Arcadia that is uh, Vane and the judge magisters who were loyal to him, like Gabranth and geese and Bergen. And, you know, it's got, it's very, like I said, very brass heavy. It sounds like what you might expect to hear for a, an evil empire, but then the rest of the loop from about a minute and a half until, um, it loops again, uh, close to four minutes into the track is softer, it has strings and woodwinds, uh, there are chimes at different places, it almost sounds kind of playful and whimsical almost in a few places. Um, this plays in a couple of cutscenes. It most prominently, for me anyway, plays when you finally travel to Arcades in the latter half of the game and you get to the upper class, the the rich part of the city and you're running around, exploring, doing quests and whatnot. Uh, in other words, when you finally get to the city that's supposed to be the heart of the yeah, the mortal enemy, the, the big bad of the game, and you see the city and its people for the first time and not only is this an interesting piece of music to have you know a variation within the own its own theme uh, but it's also really interesting how it's used in the game too like it, it this one theme gets broken up into different pieces and used in different sequences depending on what's going on so like for instance the first part the march part is used when you first see when you first meet Gabranth in his full uh, judge Magister armor and he's he's walking in very commanding and you immediately know thanks to this music okay this is this is a bad guy but different pieces will be used in different sequences uh, for instance, when you're dealing with Larsa or when you're seeing the judges interact with um, uh, for instance, Marquis Omdor. You get different pieces of the track, and then, like I said, the the softer part that plays in Arcades. And I think that's really neat because it uh, to have that, to use that in different places like that, not just have it be the same part, the same theme all the time, to represent different aspects of Arcades. And it's also a nice sort of musical representation of the major conflict of the game, at least for um for ash she was in a lot of ways the, the the main character the one moving the plot around for a lot of the game that conflict of you know do i is the is the empire really evil and do i just destroy them to take my revenge what they've done to my people or do i try to see a different side to the empire and believe that maybe we can actually have peace with these people that you know for a long time we thought were just evil invaders so for those reasons, I was like, I, I have to pick this track. I have to talk about this because it's just such a, an interesting use of music uh, in a game that has a soundtrack full of interesting use of music. But what did? That's just my thoughts. Um, what did you guys think?
2: I think I think you you've you hit the nail on the head with um in terms of um how it ties into the game's themes, especially. Um, when you're listening to the music and it starts off, I, I, for one thing, the track well, it, it is sinister at the beginning. It never loses the sense of regality um, throughout the entire piece, and it's a it's a fairly lengthy piece for you know an empire song. It's um, it never fails t- to capture the sense of weight and history, and you just get the sense that this is an ancient institution, this is a nation with deep roots, and how it kind of transitions from that more militaristic march to the kind of more stringy bit kind of reminds me a lot of of Vane and Larsa and their relationship and how they're both kind of represent the two faces of Arkady's how they're like yes you have the the villainous the villainous Vane and Larsa who wants to make the make peace and they, they're both, they're both, they're two sides of this, they're two sides of the same coin in that they're the same, it's the same nation. They are both part of this country. And, and, but they're also in their different aspects of it at the same time. And also kind of, um, how, um, with Bosch and, um, Gibranth at the same, in the same, in a similar way. D- duality is a big thing in this, in, in FF12. Um, yeah. And this, yeah, this, I think this piece captures it really well. And, and like you said, those motifs come back time and time again. So this is almost like Final Fantasy XII in a microcosm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's a very good description. I mean, I've only played Final Fantasy XII probably for a couple of hours. So I really, really don't remember this uh, theme very well. However, just listening to the track itself, um, it has like this very... Uh, a little bit of like a sinister air about it. So I thought that was really cool. And... Uh, it's good that you're telling me about this because now I have uh, at least some kind of context uh, where to put those thoughts. And I I, I always love when they part like a type of like march rhythm inside of like any type of empire theme. It's like, yep, that's an empire theme right there. I think at 43 where I forget what instruments I believe it may have been. Um, let's see. Not the brass. It was something else where you hear like dot or dot, 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 dot or anything like that. And I think oh, it kind of reminds me of Star Wars, like that, those Empire dudes.
2: There's a lot of FF12 that will remind you of Star Wars. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's basically Return of the Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: so uh, that's good that I got that bit of a backstory in there to give it a little bit of context. So no, it's, it's a good pick. And I I even kind of like secretly wish inside like this would have been the great like bonus track, like theme <laughs> of the Empire, literally just Empire
2: that i wish we would get more evil east games total aside but... uh,
1: well at least we have a you know awesome remastered redone version of the soundtrack to to look forward to when the oh. hd version comes out next year so excited which way, uh, you guys know i'm gonna be all over that it, i i would not be me if i wasn't all over that but um Speaking of being all over stuff, let's talk about how amazing Goshina is and how he should really be all over Tails' music from now on, I think. We should just, like, Sak- uh, Sakuraba should maybe consider passing the baton to Goshina, I think.
0: Yeah, um, and by that, we were talking about the the March uh, track from Tales of Legenda and yeah, I'm pretty uh, positive that we should pass that baton over to Goshina. In fact my only notes i have on this track just says goshina on there
1: <laughs> i say i say gotta goshina
0: <laughs> gotta goshina <laughs> oh my gosh no um but like to explain the track itself um, like anytime the bad guys show up this like track plays very dramatic ve- like very it's very energetic and and I already told uh, Caitlin and Peter, but I can't get over that the characters are like chibi like, and you get this dramatic music because it just does not mix well, and it comes off a little comical, especially how they saunter in, and then you get this dramatic uh, uh, choral, uh, like just chorus in the back. And it's like, this is really funny, but man, this music's so good.
1: <laughs> it's an interesting chorus, it sounds a- a really different from like most. Know, bad guy uh, final boss choruses it's it's uh combined with some of the instrumentation choices it gives it kind of a, a bit of a far east feel to me i think
0: mm-hmm. when i first heard it i thought of naruto <laughs> <It's> <laughs> that
2: was kind like... of like a naruto track actually <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: so yeah my, my thoughts are very uh i uh, guess very short on this one that it's just very Amazing. Very, You get a good showcase of uh, his ability in this, like, his, in his first entry into the series. And we need Marcos Why Why isn't there Marcos I'm talking to you, band guy, Bandai Namco, whatever you call yourself. Why is there not Marcos Pay him. And
2: then Namco, return Marcos' emails. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: mm.
1: No, I agree. I, uh, well, I have not played Tales of Berseria yet, but, um, what I've heard from Tales of hysteria was really fun and and refreshing. So and I, I kind of I want to play this game, but I keep you know, whenever you talk about Tales games, Legendia is the one that everyone's like, oh, the well, is amazing, but the game is not amazing. And for a Tales game in particular, because you know, Tales games can be kind of. You either love it and you and you really love it or you either or you you know, you kind of either don't really like it or you can't stand it, or you know, it's Tales of Games can be kind of hit or miss and Legendia sounded like it was much more of a of a miss in every avenue except for the soundtrack. So it's one of those games where I wanna play it for the music, but I kinda don't wanna play it for the game.
2: Yeah, fair enough. I thought at first when the, when the track started, I thought we were, it was another Witcher track. <laughs> we're <doing it> <laughs> right? Um, the, the chorus and then that guitar riff kicks in and it's like, okay, no, this is an anime. And then <laughs> then the the rest of the song starts and it's like, it's it's kind of interesting how it goes from those three different styles, but it does like in rapid succession, but it doesn't sound jumbled. Um, that's it's a difficult balance to strike and. I think and it, is, it kind of reminds me of something out of FF14 almost, and how varied that soundscape is. Like, How you've got kind of the mix of the modern and the ancient. So, yeah, good show, Marcos.
1: Yeah. Yes, thank you. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's great. I mean, like, it, at least the theme's in your face, so you're not really lost in the darkness over here.
1: Speaking of the darkness, Peter, darkness. Tell us about your track.
2: Um. So, there's Kingdom Hearts in this podcast, so Mike now officially hates it. Love you, Mike. (laughs) 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 Um, But, um, speaking as the Kingdom Hearts defense force, Dreamtrap Distance is where the plot loses you. Um, You may have been able to keep up with the story until now, but I I challenge even the most diehard Kingdom Hearts fans, of which I count myself among, to explain what happened in this game. Um... (laughs) Fortunately, it did give us a really epic series of final bosses against um, villains, both old and new. They basically find an excuse to bring back every villain from the old Kingdom Hearts games who was already defeated, introduce a new character, and set up whatever the final conflict of Kingdom Hearts 3 is going to be. Um, basically, it's the, the beginning of a second Keyblade War, and to accomplish this you have a suite of six final boss themes um four of which have ridiculous latin names la eminenza Oscura is part one of two in riku's battle against uh anson the seeker of darkness who is the villain in the first kingdom hearts and has since sort of become um kind of a recurring character in the series in that he's kind of riku's um he's kind of a symbol or representation of Riku's inner darkness or his struggle with the dark powers he once wielded. Um and so and as a result, this this two part boss fight happens. And what I really love about this track is I love the main theme of Kingdom Hearts gets reprised. Um it's use it's a really good rendition of study Um and it just I don't know, it's just this this whole this whole thing is just so dramatic and it builds so well upon characters that you've gotten to know and love over so many games and like and it just kind of sets the stage for like this is going to be this is going to be it this is the beginning of the final showdown when kingdom hearts 3 eventually finally comes out because that's a thing that's happening right yeah i know it's going to happen one of these days ff15 is out right um anything can happen
1: yeah, uh, Half Life Three, uh, Beyond Good and Evil Two.
2: Yeah, Beyond Good and Evil Two might be a Switch exclusive, apparently. I mean, I'm, I'm not. I don't know. I don't have anything to back that up. But, but uh, just yeah, it's I, the Kingdom Hearts fanboy in me is is it just adores this track and this whole sound, this whole sequence of tracks, and even still has an interest in seeing how this crazy convoluted mess of a plot gets resolved um so uh what did you guys think
1: um well i wasn't surprised that there was a heavy piano in the piece um Shimomura loves uh using piano in her battle themes um we're certainly hearing that in final fantasy 15 a lot too um but it's kind of it's you know this is an interesting piece because there are chunks of it that feel kind of subdued and a little bit quiet where the piano is sort of just doing this uh, this repetitive sort of pattern in the background keeping the pace. it's The piano is sort of the one that's making the, the, the rhythm really felt there with how it's going back and forth. But um, I really like the swell going into like about a minute and a half into the song, which uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, that's the, the reference to the Kingdom Hearts theme that you were talking about, Peter, yeah. right? Yeah,
2: that's uh, what kind of kicks into high gear. Yeah,
1: that's a that's a really good part because, like I said, some parts of the tr- of the of the piece are kind of subdued, but then you have this this sort of climax with that uh, that melody, and it 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 really picks the drama up with the, um, bringing that melody into the as it does. I mean, I've heard other Kingdom Hearts themes that reference um, the the main theme, and every time that that comes in, it's just like that that sort of kicks it into high gear a little bit. Having that reference in there and and having you know having it be used in a battle track, so it's good stuff. And I'm sure I'm I will I will speak for our uh, our previous MC Stephen uh, Miring tales on the boards. So I'm sure that he would very much approve of you picking a Kingdom Hearts track for this.
2: So someone's got to pick up the slack in his absence. <laughs> Marcus, what do you got for me?
0: I mean, I didn't know what the the uh, plot was until like you just mentioned it a moment ago <laughs> i was wondering <laughs> I'm like what is dream drop distance and why why is this playing anthem doesn't it dream sound drop like Dist- like a
1: bubblegum theme you know like the kingdom hearts the bubblegum
2: <laughs> each delicious dream drop distance
1: kingdom heart the flamethrower
2: part of a nutritious balanced breakfast
0: <laughs>
2: i thought at first i was
0: like is this a like candy like when did i miss this
2: it's a, it's an awkward. It's bet when they were trying to be clever and come up with a way to have 3ds, so they could hit for the 3ds and yeah. It wasn't it wasn't Donald Duck dies unfortunately. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he still doesn't heal you in this game.
2: Oh, he doesn't because he's not even in the game.
0: <laughs> <laughs> still failing you.
2: It's a solo quest. A solo <laughs> oh, that's good. Duo quest,
1: but. So, any any final thoughts on this track, people? Nah. Now we're good?
2: Now nah, we're good. Kingdom Hearts All is great. Right.
1: Uh, well... Sadly, then, dear listener, you know what time it is. That's the end of our episode on villain and evil empire themes. Um, as always, please um, give us a, uh, a, ra- a rating, a review on iTunes. Subscribe. Uh, tell your friends about us. Uh, feel free to tweet at us on Twitter, to talk at us on the boards. Um, send us uh fan mail at uh, music at rpgfan.com if you have any thoughts uh, suggestions uh, ideas anything uh, be sure to shoot it our way we love uh, talking with our fans about music and we love talking about music so it's a win-win situation as far as we're concerned um, so for myself and marcos and peter thank you for listening As always, we have a track to take us out, and um, I decided I was gonna do the honors this time, just because I, this is another track that I really wanted to pick, but I ended up deciding not to, um, just because I, like I said, I had to talk about Final Fantasy Twelve. But luckily, I can play it right now for you. Uh, This is, taking us out will be Ramirez's theme from Skies of Arcadia.
3: Ooh. What?
1: Yeah, I another this is another bad guy and another theme that immediately kind of came to mind uh, when I was thinking about this this topic. I don't know, I don't know why, because it's been forever since I've played uh, the entirety of Skies of Arcadia, but for some reason, I keep remembering the 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 picture of him when he's doing like his super attack when you fight him and he drags his hand across his face and he's looking at this at the camera really really evil-like and I just like that always stuck in my head as far as villains are concerned so we're gonna you're gonna listen to his very appropriately sounding bad guy music as we as we leave the episode so enjoy
2: 13 games are like they're all good in their own right i think but yeah they're, mm-hmm. playing. they're not 15 <laughs> i don't think <laughs> anything is 15 problem
0: they don't have a car that's what was the problem
2: they don't zero out of ten no car no car <laughs> i don't like the car